I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 21. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf, and it is my pleasure to be with you today. I love this particular podcast and uh, because it's all about the holidays and the holidays are bearing upon you. Yeah, they're coming down the pike. And uh, I always get asked, you know, what do you do around the holidays and how can I make this better? And so I've created my top seven tips for a stress-free holiday season, even if you see your family, even if you have kids, even if you have to, you know, go to all those parties and stuff. So uh, I really want to make it easier for you. So today's broadcast, you're going to get my top seven tips and some, as always, some really actionable ways to make them happen. So listen up, get yourself ready, relax. Get a cup of coffee if that's your thing. I don't drink coffee, as you know. God forbid me on coffee. A little scary, isn't it? Uh, And get ready. So here we go. So, you know, I was at my dentist not long ago, and he asked me if I was taking time off for the holidays. And, you know, it's a reasonable question, but I was laughing inside because for anybody who's in the helping field, psychologists, therapists, you know, most healthcare professionals, this is our busiest time of the year. What we're working into right now is our busiest time of the year. There are those great songs about the holiday season is the most wonderful time of the year and all that. But in my experience, people feel more anxious, they're stressed, they're sad, they're lonely. This is all starting just before Thanksgiving, just when you're listening to this. So, and I think, you know, it's the big focus on family time, all the additional activities and responsibilities that come along with November and December that can put people in a pretty negative state. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, the only people who routinely find nothing but joy in the holiday season are about six years old. Because other than that, I think we end up with a lot of other stuff. So, 
And, you know, I used to Google tips for a sane holiday season. You know, I would Google that. Maybe you have. And I would see the same old stuff. Take time for yourself. Let it go. Get extra support. Really? Are you kidding me? If I could just let it go, I certainly wouldn't need to be looking at Joe Schmo's blog post for sane holiday tips. Hello. I'm here to change all that for you today. I'm coming at you again with my top seven surefire strategies to get you through the holidays with an attitude of gratitude, uh, or at least some feelings of peace and calm, maybe even a little of that joy we talk so much about. Again, even if you're spending time with your crazy family or flying places and doing all the things we tend to do over the holidays. So Without further ado, you know, I don't like a lot of fluff in my podcast, so I'm going to get right to it. So tip number one, and you've heard this before from me, and I'm just saying it again. Some of these tips I I recycle because they work really well in particular situations, and that is don't sack this holiday season. So don't sack. During the holidays, especially, I want you to be mindful not to sack any of your relationships. And if you've heard me before, you know that this means the SAC, don't sack, means don't give suggestions. The S is for suggestions. <clears throat> no offering of advice. That's what the A is for. And the C means no criticizing anyone. When you do any of these things, you invite friction and arguments. As soon as you give a suggestion, right, you start getting arguments or give advice. People start to, well, no, I can't do that because of this. Well, why not? Well, you ask for my opinion, blah, blah, blah. You're back and forth. And certainly when you criticize, that also does bad things. So, and it also puts your mind in the wrong place with the focus on what's not working instead of what is working, instead of any comment that falls into the sack category, so any comment you might make that's a suggestion, advice, or criticizing, I want you to think only of either two things, either offering words of encouragement or asking questions. I don't want you to do another thing when you talk to people over the holidays except be supportive and encourage or ask questions. That's it. How much simpler can it get, right? I'm not saying you can't order people around (laughs) if you're hosting a holiday dinner and you need people to get crap done. I'm fine with that. But I mean, if you're in a real, that's logistics to me. I mean, if you're in a real um, conversation or dialogues with people, certainly sitting around the table or at a party chatting. When you ask questions, the good news is it invites an open dialogue and allows others to have their own aha moments instead of you giving it to them, you know, with your great suggestions and your advice, which no one's listening to anyway. uh, It really helps. So asking questions is also awesome when family members or friends start asking lots of questions about your life that you don't want to answer. So, you know, the ones you're still not dating. I thought you left that dead end job. Did, did, do you do something new to your hair? Oh, I guess that's how the kids are wearing it these days. You know, What? Can't you dress nicer for Thanksgiving dinner? Uh, I heard little Stevie has a gluten allergy. Tell me more. You know, all that stuff that you don't want to talk about at a party or with your family. You don't want to go deep into these topics that they are just raring to get the gossip on. Uh, When you ask them questions, if you're asking questions about their lives, they can't ask questions about you. It's a beautiful thing. So I always tell people, have some questions ready to go, like in the notes of your phone or just have them armed and ready, you know, in your head or on an open an Evernote doc, whatever you got to do to keep the focus of the conversation on them instead of you. And 
Number one, people love talking about themselves. So what's interesting is that (laughs) they'll remember the conversation fondly. So, you know, that Abby is such a lovely girl. I, you know, (laughs) when I hear that, it's because I'm asking tons of questions. I'm also a psychologist. So some of you out there are, are friends of mine listening, going, hey, she asked me questions. What's the deal? I really am interested in people. It's what I do for a living. It's why I like it so much. I'm just fascinated with why people do what they do and how and all that. But I have to admit, if I'm like talking to my mom, I'm I'm diverting. Uh, you know, I'm diverting questions because I don't want to talk to her about certain things. And if I'm asking her about her life, she's more than happy to talk about it. People love to talk about their stuff. And we can have an entire conversation where I do nothing but ask a few questions and then she's off and running. It's a beautiful thing. And even occasionally she'll ask me a question, but I can divert it really quickly. I can kind of answer with a short thing. And then I have this other thing ready to keep going. And so it's great. People, people think you're wonderful for asking and it keeps you safe from having to talk about things that might be difficult for you. Or, you know, maybe you've been to every doctor in the world about little Stevie's gluten allergy and just don't want to talk about it anymore. You're over it. You just, or you've already made a decision about something and you don't want to invite other suggestions. Like those kinds of things can happen. Uh, you know, I know I've had like a kid struggling in school and I made the mistake of sharing that with my family and I got, you know, like 50, uh, recommendations and ideas and things. And it's like, you don't always want to hear it. You've always done, you've already maybe done your own reconnaissance on it. You've already done your own work and you don't necessarily want to hear all their suggestions. So for any of those reasons, this can really help you not to sack your relationship over the holiday, ask questions, or just be encouraging and loving. What a thought. I know it's crazy. Just do that and see where that gets you. Okay. Tip number two, and this is uh, probably my, these are in no particular order, but I would say that this one is my biggie for life in general, um, and especially over the holidays. Tip number two is to set intention often. Yeah, you heard me. So if you do this one activity consistently, just this one thing, setting intention, you will definitely change the nature of all your relationships for the better. Are you hearing me? All your relationships, including the one with yourself. The more you do it, the better your life will become. I'm telling you right now. Setting intention basically means, you've heard me talk about it before, but just in case, it means you stop, take a breath, and set a goal or intention for how you want to be in whatever your next interactions are. You can set an intention to be kind, patient, responsible, uh, mindful, thoughtful, fun, loving, whatever floats your boat. I don't really care. But intention is huge. And again, you know, I've really literally worked with thousands of people at this point, And I can tell you that this is the one that comes back over and over that people say, I always hear the same thing, Abby, that sounded so simple. I didn't believe it would work. I sort of did it to spite you just just so I could come back in and tell you how much it sucked. And then they tell me, oh my gosh, I can't believe the change. And what's really cool about intention is that when you set it and do it often, is that the people in your life react to it without even knowing. It's incredible. So set your intention before you walk into your home and greet other people. Okay. So if you're at your house, set your intention before your partner walks in the door or when you hear your mother ringing the doorbell. Set your intention before you walk into work. That's another great time. When you wake up in the morning, before you work out, literally it takes about 20 seconds. Yes, I've timed it. I literally time how long it takes me to set intention. And it's just a few, 20 is a lot. 
actually, it's usually less. Uh, so you can really do it a few times a day. And especially before you interact with others, you'll immediately start to see the benefits as your, your mind will seek out ways to act out this healthy intention. It will. Your subconscious will seek out ways to act it out. So now when I set an intention, <clears throat> I generally do a shoulder shrug first. And as those of you know, the shoulder shrug it's just you lift your, you can do it now as you're, even if you're driving, you can just lift your shoulders, scrunch, scrunch, scrunch all the way up to your ears. I'm doing it now. Push back your shoulder blades together, your wings, push them together, push them together while pushing your shoulders back, chest out, tummy, tummy tucked in, and then just relax. Just, ah, just let your shoulders drop and you'll see that you raise your shoulders a lot during the day. This is one of the worst things you can do. It starts the release of cortisol in your brain because you're body, your brain thinks you're about to fight. They think that the reason you're raising your shoulders, because that's a fighting stance, is that you're about to fight. You start to breathe out of your chest instead of your stomach. You're supposed to breathe out of your stomach, your diaphragm. So it does all these bad things. So the second you do the shoulder shrug, you immediately start to relax. Your system, your parasympathetic nervous system turns on. It's all good. It's all good. Just believe me. So the shoulder shrug, we just did it. What did that take? Eight seconds? It's so quick. 10 seconds? And then... I mentally picture myself closing a door on whatever I was just doing. So I've shared a lot with you guys that I always set intention before I walk in the house at night after a day of work. So I stop my car before the house and I just pull over anywhere. You can pull over anywhere and uh, that's safe. And I just, I do a shoulder shrug. I just, you know, don't, I don't do any special breathing or meditating. I don't even always close my eyes, but um, sometimes I close my eyes and I just picture myself just closing the door on the day that I just had. All the clients I saw, everybody I talked to, to any, even if, you know, it's generally a good day. It's not like I have to close it on bad things, but either way, I just kind of close it. And then I set my intention before I'm going to walk in to the people that I love or the, you know, whoever's next, or even just before I walk into my house, even if I'm alone, which is a rare occurrence, but even if I'm alone, just to set how I want to be. So I don't, you know, eat foods I shouldn't eat or do, you know, if I have work still to do that, I get right to it. I don't kind of lose the night. So closing the door really helps me. And again, although this all sounds deceptively simple, it's a powerhouse. Again, your subconscious will get this message and it'll get to work reminding you to be patient, kind, or whatever intention you set. That's what's so incredible. You're, you're turning on that reticular activating system that I talk so much about. And if you want to learn more about that, you're going to have to just listen to the podcast before this because I don't want to spend too much time on that now for those of you who have already heard about it. So when you're going into that party with friends or family, set an intention for how you want to be. Do you want to be happy, patient, kind, inquisitive? What will get you through Thanksgiving dinner with your in-laws, let's say? What intention will have you feeling at ease at your husband or wife's office Christmas party? You know, these are the things. Now, my trick for going into a family dinner or party is to think about how I want to feel when I leave. This really helps me. I just take a minute. I do this before I go in. Sometimes I do it at home before I even drive over. Sometimes I need to start now with how I don't want to feel. I just want to say that first when I leave, because I don't always know how I want to feel when I leave. But I can think about, you know, as I start to think about spending time with certain people, I can feel myself start to get agitated. And so sometimes I start with how I don't want to feel when I leave. For example, I know I don't want to be agitated, resentful, impatient, annoyed, angry, right? Then I think to myself, okay, what's the opposite of all that? Oh, I want to leave feeling calm, at peace confident, happy, satisfied. 
Okay. So these are all the positives I want to, I want to think not what I don't want, what I do want. And then I say to myself, okay, Abby, what will get you there? What way of acting will help ensure that result that I feel at peace, happy, and satisfied when I leave? And I'll tell you, it's usually one or two things. It's usually I realize that I need to be patient and or kind. That's usually what I figure out. Those two are big for me. I can get very impatient. This might not be your issue, um, but I can get impatient. And uh, it's interesting because with clients, I don't feel that way. If I'm sitting in session, I'm there. I set my intention before. Well, maybe it's because I always set my intention before every session I have with a client because I do do that. Um, You know, that I want to be patient and open and be of service. You know, I sort of set that intention. And I find that that's very helpful even when people aren't paying me, you know, even when I'm just going to something else that I really still want to be of service. I still want to be kind and patient and open. Uh, And these things really help kind of keep it on point. And I have a client, I've shared this before, and I, I love it. He says that his goal always is to have the most generous interpretation of life events. So, in other words, this is giving the benefit of the doubt. When people act a certain way, you're giving them the most generous interpretation of what's happening. It's it's really a lovely way to live. Um, and from that point, it's simple. I, I set an intention to be patient and kind before walking in the door. Just, I set the intention, I walk in and again, my subconscious will be on the job reminding me, bringing me back to center when I get off track. Now, this particular tip is so key that I'm going to give you a bonus strategy, 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 what is that? A bonus strategy uh, for this one to make it even easier. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bonus here. Another little trick I do. And that is that I'll get myself a small object. Like uh, I have these little smooth, actually my daughter for some reason picks up stones everywhere, little smooth stones. And I just snatch them and I'll keep one or even a coin, like a coin in your pocket or anything you have that's just like small that you could just have in your hand that nobody would really notice or have in your pocket. Um, and you can just hold it while it's in your pocket, something like that. So, and so a little small smooth stone is perfect and it becomes what we call in neuro-linguistic programming an anchor. Uh, people call it like a little talisman, you know, however you want to think of it. But basically when you hold this throughout the party or event you're going to, and you set your intention with it in your hand, you can rub it or feel it or, you know, move it over in your hand whenever you feel yourself getting off track and it'll help anchor you back. It'll help remind you of your intention. It's a great, great tip. Lots of famous people do it. Lots of rock stars and athletes and all kinds of folks do this because it works so well. So it's, it's another little trick for that. Okay. So those are my first two. My tip number three for getting through the holidays in a sane way is to flip the script. Yes. If you identify something or someone with a negative trait, let's say your mother criticizing your haircut at Thanksgiving dinner, uh, switch it in your mind to something positive, to a positive trait. Your mother who cares about you so much that she even thinks about your hair. (laughs) Maybe you're late getting to Christmas dinner at your parents' house and you're feeling stressed out. Instead, remind yourself how grateful you are to be celebrating with people who love you and being late isn't the end of the world. Burn the turkey. Think of how lucky you are to be able to afford a turkey when so many are hungry. And who really likes turkey anyway, just for the record. So no matter what the negative or yucky thing is, Really push yourself to find something positive in the person or situation, no matter how small. Now, in fancy psychological terms, we call this reframing. 
And essentially, you're taking something that's said and you're putting it in a new frame or a new way of thinking. You you see, the okay, the real problem we have is being so sure we're right about something. Okay, my mother-in-law hates me. I know it. Uh, everyone is talking about how terrible I look in this dress. I know people are judging how I'm parenting my son, whatever. And then we ascribe all kinds of meaning to what they say or don't say or what we assume they think. And we play these negative thoughts on a loop over and over. It's very, very bad, people. As I say it out loud, you can tell how bad it is, right? Reframing gets us away from what we're sure is the truth and instead puts the responsibility and focus on us. When we have the responsibility, we're no longer helpless and we can take action. And that's really at the core of it all. So you can reframe these conversations or problems as challenges. Think of it that way. And ask yourself a question like, okay, what can I learn from whatever this X, you know, this situation? Or you can ask yourself, I wonder what part of this is mine. You know, I'm always getting these fights with my brother, my father. What part of this is mine? How do I get dragged in? How am I always biting the hook? What's my part and how upset I get around, you know, my boss or my sister or whoever? What's my part in it? You could ask yourself, if I could do one thing differently right now, what would it be? All of these are ways to reframe. All of these are taking what is, what's happening in the situation. You're not sprinkling fairy dust on it. You're not, it's not all puppy dog tails and rainbows. This is not about that. This is about getting out of misery. So taking responsibility is the key to feeling confident, connected, and happy. And it relates perfectly to the next step I'm going to talk about, the next strategy, sorry, or tip I'm going to talk about. So let's get to that. Tip number four is to watch your perceptions. You got to watch your perceptions. Now, uh, I'm going to share with you a little story. In 2015, there was a picture, I don't know if you remember this, of a dress that went viral. It, it was this dress and people were arguing whether it was black and blue, the colors of the dress were black and blue, or whether they were white or gold. And I don't know if you saw this one when it was going around, but people were literally freaking out (laughs) and and it jumped from social media to the news to talk shows like Ellen. I mean, it was everywhere, this dress. Okay. It was all from like some Instagram post. If you didn't see it, basically, again, it's this picture of a dress that has vertical patterns on it. And to many of us like me, the dress (laughs) very obviously seems white and gold to me. However, a lot of other people saw the dress as very obviously blue and black. It's really crazy, right? Just totally nuts. Um, I'll link in the show notes to the dress, the picture of it, in case you want to go see that if you don't remember it. But here's the real issue. So everyone's talking about this black and gold, or sorry, white and gold or black and blue. And the real issue as far as I'm concerned is why did this go viral? These are illusions and tricks right? That we see all the time. They're all over the internet. You can see a magic show full of this stuff. Hell, you could go see David Copperfield tomorrow. He makes an elephant disappear on a stage in Las Vegas on a weekly basis. That hasn't gone viral, right? That's not what everybody's talking about. So why did this particular thing go viral? What, you know, illusion, whatever it is, why did this go viral? And it's because people couldn't agree on something as basic as color, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. People are freaking out because their subconscious is thinking, if I'm not right about something as simple as color, what else could I be wrong about? And since I refuse to believe I'm wrong about other stuff, I'll just fight to the death that this dress is white and gold or blue and black or whatever it is. Uh, there's a great neuroscientist, Bo Lotto, and he says that perception underpins everything we do, believe, know, or love. That's a pretty big statement, but it's true. What we perceive in a situation has everything to do right, with what we believe about it, what we allow about it, what we take in about it. It's, it's, it's totally that now. And I'm going to tell you a really quick story about, um, this executive that I worked with who, uh, and I think this, someone else told me they saw the story elsewhere. This is kind of a famous person, this person I worked with. So, uh, it's possible the story is out there in the world in a different way, but he basically, um, make a long story short, he was at his home. He looked out the back and uh, one day he was alone in his home for the weekend. They were having a big party on Monday for like, I think it was Labor Day or Memorial Day or something, whatever one of those Monday holidays is. And he was there alone in the weekend before his family and everybody was coming in. And he looked out the back window and he saw these rats in the backyard, like a little, uh, a few of them, like two or three of these, but they were big, big kind of rats, right? And he's freaking out that there's rats on his property. So he's calling, it's like a Saturday, he's calling exterminators. He's having trouble sleeping at night. <laughs> he's freaking out about these rats. He's a city boy, doesn't like that there's rats on the property. He's wondering if he should cancel the party. He's calling all over. He's trying to figure out how to kill them, like how to get rid of them, you know, make them go away, drop a bomb on his property. He's, he's thinking of a hundred million things he can do. And he sees them again, the next night on the property in, in around in and around the same place he saw him. He took some photos from far away because he was afraid to get close to these rats. And um, he did all this. And anyway, he's calling a friend of his and he's talking about the rats and should I cancel the party? And I'm trying to get people here to kill them. And they, you know, they got to go. That's so scary. And his friend said, you know, send me the picture. What What is this that you're talking about? And he sent the picture and, the, <laughs> and his friend said, those aren't, those aren't rats. That, those are baby porcupines. And immediately this, <laughs> this guy goes, oh my God, baby porcupines. That's so cute. And he starts talking about how cute these porcupines are and what do they eat? And can I leave food out in the property for them? And how do I keep them around? And that's so cute. And where's their mama? And what should we do? And right. This is a perfect story about perception. This is when you perceive that there are rats, when he was so sure he was right about rats, his, he felt horrible. He felt terrible. He felt unsafe in his home. He was ready to cancel his party. It was all bad. And then he found out that he wasn't correct and that they were these little cute little baby porcupines and they were so sweet. And he had a perception that rats were yucky and dirty and bad and dangerous. And he had a perception that porcupines were sweet and cuddly and fine, which is sort of funny, actually, because I've had a pet rat before, but I've never had a pet porcupine before. Um, 
and rats are really kind of wonderful pets, actually, but uh, I digress. But do you see the difference here? This is perception. This is what happens. Your perceptions, how you perceive your world is at the base of how happy you are. Your perceptions are your first mental impression. They're your way of thinking about, understanding, or interpreting whatever crosses your path. And so these are really huge. Now, there are a few tricks to deal with your perceptions and shine some light on what you believe to be the quote-unquote truth. Remember, perceptions are not truth. They're just what you perceive as your truth. And so I have kind of my top four quick tips to deal with your perceptions. And they are, you know me, I'm all about, you know, what can we do? Okay, I've got these perceptions, now what? So number one, evaluate your perceptions as things happen. That's a really hard thing to do, but I need you to do it. As you're having a conversation, you notice yourself getting upset or anxious or agitated, whatever that is, I want you to break down what's happening and make an attempt to evaluate your thinking right there in the moment. And to do that, you're going to use my second tip. Okay. So being self-aware, being in the moment, this is why I talk about self-awareness so much. How else are you going to evaluate your perceptions as things happen unless you're self-aware enough to notice that you're getting upset as you're talking to your brother? Number two, is ask yourself this simple question. And this is really at the heart of a happy life, this question. Get ready, I'm drum rolling. Drum rolling on my desk. What else could be true? So not what else is true or what are the facts, but what else could be true in this situation? So, you know, you're talking to your brother and he's uh, treating you like you're still 12 years old and now you're, you know, 40 and you're thinking... I, I can't believe how he's talking down to me. He's so condescending. He makes me crazy. He's ordering me around, whatever you're thinking. And instead you could ask, well, what else could be true? Not is, what else could be true? Well, what could be true is that he really cares about me and he's worried about X, Y, or Z in my life. What could be true is that he's feeling insecure himself in his life and he's sort of projecting that onto me. So he's take, you know, putting that on me. Um, what else could be true? You know, whatever you think of, right? So there's all these things that could be true. Maybe he had a bad day. He had a really bad day today at work. Maybe he just got fired and I don't know yet. All of these things are, aren't facts. They're just what could be true. But as we think them, we can start to feel more patient, more open, more understanding, more compassionate. And that's really what you're looking at. You're looking for it. Okay, number three, so you can evaluate, you can ask yourself what could be true, and you could also also ask yourself, so if my parent, partner, brother, insert difficult relationship here, like whoever it is, if my partner, let's say, didn't bother me, how would I feel, act, talk, or think? So really play this out for a moment in your head, or better yet, you know, write it down. Note each area and really play out how you'd feel how you'd act, how you'd talk, or how you'd think if your partner, whoever it is, didn't get under your skin and really start to connect to, to who and what that person is who doesn't get bothered by this. Okay, and a fourth, the last strategy is to say to yourself some sort of affirmation like, I'm the kind of person who isn't bothered by my mother, partner, aunt, insert difficult relationship here. I'm the kind of person who lets people say things and walks away. Uh, I'm the kind of person who's Teflon for nasty remarks. Again, write this in your own words, but you get the idea. You'll quickly see that you have control in how you react in different situations. You will, you will see it, I promise. It's kind of amazing. Okay, so those are my first four tips. 
Tip number five, we're getting to the other side now of seven tips is be kind to yourself. That's tip number five, be kind to yourself. And I'm going to give you some specifics for this. Now, the first way I want you to be kind to yourself is in the way you speak to yourself. If you spoke to anyone else the way you speak to yourself half the time, you'd likely get punched in the nose a lot. You know I'm right. Stop with the mean, judgmental, and rude internal dialogue. And to do this, you're going to need to be more self-aware of when your thoughts are, you know, going down, doing this road, you know, when your thoughts are doing their own thing, you have to be aware of that. So right now, I'd love it if you started a daily mindfulness practice of some kind, that could be setting intention, like tip number two, praying or meditating for even a couple of minutes every day, or making a conscious decision to notice your thoughts and rein them in every time you sit down, let's say to eat, something like that. All these are mindful tips that'll help you in your moment. Do whatever small practice it takes to start getting in charge of your brain. That is the only way you're going to change this. You can't be kind to yourself if you don't even notice that you're talking like shit to yourself for hours. Okay. Now, if you feel like you just can't figure out this mindfulness stuff, which I don't understand why, but if you feel like you can't, I want you to do your best to notice when you're in a bad situation or when your thoughts are focusing on something negative. And then I want you to ask yourself something like we talked about earlier, what can I learn from this? What's one thing I can do different next time? You can't change the past, but you can certainly change your future. And that's how we you know, instill hope in our brains. Okay, so the next way I want you to be kind to yourself is to get some real sleep. Try to keep to a normal sleep routine through the holidays. I mean, especially during the holidays. Don't let your sleep get completely out of whack. Get to bed at a decent hour and don't run yourself down to nothing. I, you've heard me say this before. I say it all the time that our days don't start when our alarms go off. Our days start when we set our alarms at night because that is when we take responsibility for the next day. When you're going to bed at a decent hour and you get a good night's sleep or at least something close to it, have a much better chance of having a good day. You know when you get a shitty night's sleep, you wake up, you're cranky, you're grouchy, all you can think about is more sleep. You don't have willpower to eat well, to talk nice to people, to, you know, go kick ass. All you're just, you're not in that space. You probably have a crappy breakfast, you know, maybe you smoke a cigarette and you're out the door. It's not good if you have any breakfast at all and don't just grab coffee on the run. All right. And finally, I'd like you to exercise and eat well during the holidays. Don't get a case of the efforts and just eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Be thoughtful. Getting completely out of routine makes you grumpy. You know it does. It makes all of us grumpy. Now, this also means not partying too much. Getting drunk at your partner's office holiday party is never a good idea. Getting stoned before Thanksgiving dinner isn't a good idea either. Be in your top shape for all these events so you can be in complete charge of yourself and your reactions. You're not going to be if you're drinking or smoking pot or doing whatever right before. This isn't a time of just letting go for two months. Keep yourself in check, especially if the holidays are often a challenging time for you. Really, really important. Okay. So being kind to yourself, it means all those things, your sleep, your food, your thoughts, how you talk to yourself, all that. Good. All right. We're almost done. Tip number six for having the same holiday season is, I'm going to throw a little Yiddish at you. You ready? Stop kvetching. <laughs> so kvetching is Yiddish for complaining. Okay. Make a promise to yourself this holiday season not to complain, criticize, or gossip 
for some designated period of time. It can be, I don't care if it's a day, seven days, or the three hours that you'll be at your in-law's house. I don't care. If you slip up, get yourself right back on the non-kvetch track. When you stop complaining, it opens your mind up to start seeing the good around you instead of the bad. You'll be amazed at how much better you feel as you get in charge of your thoughts and actions. Just stop complaining. If your partner's late running, getting out the door again, if, you know, again, you forgot something or whatever, just stop complaining. Stop it. Stop the kvetching. You can't change anyone. We all are pained hearing this, me especially. (laughs) You can't change anyone. There's no need to even try. If you want to be happy, you're the one who needs to change. You know, one of my favorite things to say is, do you want to be correct or effective? You've got to choose. Being effective during the holidays, to me, means that you leave each interaction feeling whole, confident, and happy. Yeah. That would be effective. That would be an effective way, you know, if, if I feel like I had an effective time at a party, I'm leaving feeling good, not drained, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, pissed off, whatever. If you're not going to complain, it also means you can't be codependent at the holidays. If you say no, don't feel guilty. If you choose to say yes, do it because it's something you want to do, not something that you just feel you need to do. I mean, occasionally we all have to do things we don't want to do, but You shouldn't put other people's needs ahead of your own all the time. Again, it's okay occasionally, but not as a regular diet. And, you know, really what I'm saying is don't be a martyr. If you're not happy, it's on you. Take 100% responsibility. It's no one else's fault. You don't have to have 50 people over for Thanksgiving dinner. You're choosing that. And if you choose it, choose it with love. Choose it in a wholeheartedly open way. Choose it with with your full self or don't choose it. It's your responsibility. The only thing you can control is the way you react. So start making those decisions now, right? Start doing that now. Now, and the way, my last tip, which is how to really do all this better, is to schedule thoughtfully. And let me talk about this for a minute. Those of you who are going to fight me on this, I see you. I see you. Schedule everything and see what fits and what doesn't. And here's what I mean by this. You're going to hate this. I know it because I hear uh, you guys write to me about this stuff. Uh, I want you to get rid of those to-do lists for the holidays. Yes, I do. Stop it. Stop the to-do list. They are soul sucking and they're not effective and they're not efficient. I've talked about this before. I'm going to hammer it in your head until you start doing it because every client, including myself, by the way, who does this, has it's completely transformed their lives. I get more crap done than probably most humans you know. Trust me. Anyone out there who knows me knows. I get so much done. People constantly are thinking, how does she do all that? I don't understand. And I do it with a smile. Most of the time, I got a smile on my face because I'm not overwhelmed. I do not feel overwhelmed. This doesn't mean that I never feel overwhelmed or never have a hard day. Of course I do. I'm human. But generally, this tip that I'm teaching you, I use myself and every client I have who uses it all talk about how it's transformed their lives to start scheduling. So stop fighting and just try it for a minute, okay? (laughs) So right now, well, if you're driving, don't do it right now. But when you get home, take your to-do list and schedule it into your calendar. And I mean everything. So let's say you're shopping for a holiday party. How long will that take? When are you going to do it? 
Can you really get everything at one store or do you need to make multiple stops? I actually keep a list on my phone. One says like Target, one says, you know, Whole Foods, one says kind of Safeway shopping, you know, that's our local ShopRite, Safeway, D'Agostino kind of place. Whatever that is, I just, I have that and I put things that I get at those individual stores in there. And then when I'm scheduling where I have to go, first of all, I'm very efficient this way because I get those things at these places. And uh, I really, I can zero in, I go in, I don't have one big list and I'm sitting wandering around the store going, can this, is this here? Is this not here? Crossing off, redoing the list, re whatever. It's just right there. It's so simple. And even on the list, I try to separate things like at Target, um, you know, if I have to get dishwashing detergent and I need to get paper for the printer, I have those in kind of separate little areas on the list because I know they're in different sections of the store. So I even get down to that, but I have it scheduled. Target is close to my house. Thank God. Cause I love it there. Um, shout out to Target. And <laughs> how long is it going to take me? How long, you know, will I shop for? So I'm not just aimlessly walking around Target. <laughs> Many of us have done that. Right. So I really think about it and I schedule it out. So, and we tend to think that we can get more done than we can. And when you start scheduling it, you'll see what you really can do and what you can't. Very quickly, you'll, you'll get it. You'll see that you have too much on your plate. And being overwhelmed at the holidays is a choice. And I want you to start seeing it as one. You don't have to do this. Another way you can schedule thoughtfully uh, when you're talking about, so I want to say that. So all the things you have to do, I want you to schedule it in your actual thing, okay? In your calendar and really think about how long things take. If you're going to do in, uh, Christmas cards, when are you going to do that? How long is it going to take? Do you have to order the cards? When is that? Put that in the, ca- don't just have Christmas cards in your to-do list. That is just just a soul sucking thing to do. Break that down into order the cards and take the family picture. And I don't know, whatever things you do. I don't do uh, holiday cards. I'm going to admit that right now. And I don't do them for this reason. I just, I find it overwhelming. And to me, it would be too many things on the list. I do bake holiday cookies <laughs> uh, for my neighbors and friends. And we drive around and drop those off because I really enjoy doing that. But I like to bake. So for me, this is like a fun, great thing. And I will say, I missed it uh, over the last 10 years. I've missed it maybe once, maybe twice when I just felt overwhelmed and it like it was too much to do that year. So I want to give you permission for that too. If it just, even if it's something you always do, and I know people kind of counted on my cookies and they mentioned it to me later, like, oh, we didn't get your cookies this year. And it's like, yeah, you didn't. I I didn't do them this year. Um, There you go. (laughs) So, and maybe some people talk smack about me thinking, why didn't I get cookies this year? Maybe they thought I already gave them out to other people. I don't know. But I don't get caught up in that because I need to be mentally healthy as possible. Okay. Another way you can schedule thoughtfully during the holidays is to have an exit plan at the ready for holiday gatherings. You want to set yourself up for success. You can say things like, uh, hey, we're going to come from six to eight o'clock to the party. You know, we have a lot of other stuff going on, but we'll definitely be there from six to eight. Or you can say ahead of time, I'm letting you know that we need to leave by seven. And you don't have to give a justification or a reason why. They might even say, well, why? And you'll say, because I have to leave by seven. You don't have to explain your life. It's no one's business why you have to leave at seven. You can go home because you have to masturbate. I don't really care. If that's what is important to you and that's what's going to release the pressure so you can have a good holiday season, God bless you. Masturbate every day. But don't get in your head that you have to let them know, let everybody know. You can also bring... 
a friend or a sponsor. If you're trying to stay clean and sober around using family members, you can bring a, a clean and sober friend or anyone else you deem helpful to a party or to a gathering or to a dinner. You can do that. You can ask, hey, can I bring so-and-so? Can I bring so-and-so? People will generally say yes. I know I always do when people ask if they can bring somebody. Okay. And here's my last piece for this. I want you to treat the holidays like Coco Chanel (laughs) talked about accessorizing. I know you're thinking, Abby, you're getting too far out there. Everyone knows I love fashion, so (laughs) I'm using Coco. Now, Coco Chanel was, but stay with me here. She was famous for saying that before you leave the house, take off one piece of jewelry. And she knew that in the heat of like, you know, decorating yourself, accessorizing yourself, you were likely overdoing it. And she's always right, by the way. I always like my outfit better when I take off one thing before I leave the house. I love jewelry. I love my accessories, as people know. And I do. I take off one piece of something before I leave the house. I really do. And so I want you to be Coco Chanel with all the things you're planning around the holidays. You have all that stuff, but then I want you to take one thing off your plate each day over the holiday season. As you look at your schedule or to-do list, if you haven't been listening to me, I want you to cross one thing off or delegate one more thing every day. You'll see that you said yes too quickly in the heat of accessorizing. You said yes too much and you have too many things to do. So just being Coco Chanel and taking one thing off the plate will help you hugely. Yes, it will. All right. Woo. That was a lot, wasn't it? So (laughs) we're going to do, let's see, a quick recap if I can um, remember all these. So you're going to not sack this holiday season, right? You're going to ask questions. You're not going to make suggestions, offer advice or criticize. You're going to be encouraging and ask questions. You're going to set intention often. Number three, you're going to flip the script. You're going to see it a little, you're going to reframe it and see it in a more positive light, what people say and do. Number four, you're going to watch your perceptions. You're going to remember that dress that went viral and you're going to watch your perceptions. Number five, you're going to be kind to yourself. You're how you think to yourself, how you talk to yourself, you're eating, you're partying, all you're sleeping, all that. Number six, you're going to stop complaining, stop fetching. Uh, and you're going to, you know, take 100% responsibility for what's going on. And finally, you're going to schedule thoughtfully. That's what you're going to do this holiday season. So those are my top seven tips for keeping sane over the holidays. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, And if you haven't yet, I would really appreciate it if you would leave an honest review of the podcast uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcast from. That would be huge. It would really help. Gets the word out. Uh, And I hope that you share this podcast to your friends and family that you think it could help. That's my goal. That's why I do this. And lastly, if you haven't yet, I really highly recommend that you download my uh, communications crash course for couples. This also works even if your partner won't do a thing. This also works, these communication tools, really for the holidays, for all of your family members. These communication tools are just my top tools. They're so good and they really will help. That's it. I hope everyone has an amazing day and I will see you on the next broadcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.